Ladies have a special one. your Bibles this evening, look with me in the book of Zechariah chapter 12. I want to thank you all for that special, boy, it was good, and uh, I'm glad it is well with my soul this evening, and uh, I'm glad that the Lord makes it well, and I'm glad that we have a reason to sing as God's people, and uh, I I love, I want to appreciate you all coming down, I love how you all came down here and uh, I was going to ask Brother Will to do it. I thought, no, I'm not going to put that on him. So he looked at me all big-eyed. He said, no. He shook his head, no. And uh, But uh, I appreciate these young men stepping up and leading out as well. Uh, and we, if you get a chance, encourage them in the Lord as well because y'all are doing a good job. And y'all keep on serving the Lord. Y'all glad to be in God's house tonight? It's been a good day to be here. What a great spirit the Lord has put here with us. Uh, I want to look in Zechariah chapter 12, look in verse 10. <clears throat> Zechariah 12 and verse 10. The Bible said, And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son and shall be in bitterness for him, 
as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. I want you to look in Zechariah 13 and verse 1. In that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of Your Word tonight. I pray, Lord, that we would apply this appropriately. Give us clear understanding of Your Word this evening. Lord, I pray that souls would be saved tonight. If there's anybody lost, I pray that they would come to that saving knowledge. And I pray for us as Your people that You would draw us closer to You. Give me the help that I need, Lord. Give me the liberty and the power to preach Your Word. I love You and I praise You. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to talk to you tonight on this subject. There is a fountain. There is a fountain. Zechariah 12 and 10. The Lord said, I will pour upon the house of David. And then in Zechariah 13 verse 1, In that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David. I want to talk about that fountain. There is a fountain. If you notice in Zechariah 12, to kind of set the stage here, you look in Zechariah 12 in verse 3, the Bible said, and in that day, in verse 4, once again, in that day, in verse 6, in that day, verse 8, in that day, verse 9, it shall come to pass in that day. We find it again in verse 11, chapter 13, verse 1, we find again in that day, in that day referring to the day of the Lord. This is referring to the second coming of Christ. Now, there are many events that take place at the second coming of Christ, but this particular event is talking about the spiritual restoration of the nation of Israel. There's many events that take place at the second coming of Christ, and I don't want to discuss any of them tonight, but I do want to discuss the event that takes place here when the nation of Israel will be spiritually restored. Now, the last 50, 60 years, they have been physically restored. And we will see a continuation of that restoration when it comes to the nation of Israel. But right now, they spiritually are in a bad position. And the Bible said that the nation of Israel as a whole will not get saved until that day. In that day, in the second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, will be the day when the nation of Israel will be spiritually restored. And the reason that they are, they do not have that today is because when Jesus came to this earth the first time 2,000 years ago, the Bible said that He came here as the Messiah of the Jews. In fact, in Matthew 15:24, he said, I'm not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. When Jesus came to this earth, He came to save the Jews. He came to be their Messiah. God promised them a Messiah. He promised them a Savior. And God gave them a Savior in His Son, Jesus Christ. And in return, the Messiah or excuse me, the Jews rejected Jesus as their Messiah. Even today, the Jews are looking for the coming Messiah. I want you to know their Messiah has already came. And praise God, He's coming again the second time. But the first time that He came, they missed the mark. 
They missed it. They missed Him in seeing Him as the Savior of the world. They rejected Him. In fact, the Bible says that when He went about His earthly ministry, there in the book of Mark, uh, chapter 6 and verse 5, that He went to Nazareth and He went back to His own country and to His own family. And He talked about how they rejected Him. And if you remember, He was in the synagogue teaching and preaching and they rejected Him. And the Bible said that He could do no mind work there. And I think that's a safe estimation, if you will, of the work of Christ towards the Jews when He came. It's because the Jews rejected Him. And the Bible said that He could do no mighty work there. Isn't that sad that they wouldn't let Jesus do a mighty work? Jesus would have saved them if they had let Him. And the Bible said there in that same passage of Scripture that He marveled at their unbelief. Jesus marveled at the fact that the Jews rejected Him in the way that they did. Do you realize He only marveled twice in His life? Once was because of the unbelief of the Jews, but another was because of the belief of a centurion servant. Do you all remember that? Where He marveled at His faith. That was the faith of a Gentile. And the Jews He came to save, and they rejected Him. They rejected Him. And I want you to know there is a consequence to rejecting Jesus Christ. And God said that there was a consequence when the Jews turned their back against Jesus. In fact, in the book of Romans 11, verse 8, the Bible said that God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, or ears that they should not hear unto this day. Now, to us, we think, you know, God should have just destroyed Israel. But that's not what He did. But God said, I'm going to let them go. And He said, I'm going to cover their ears and I'm going to cover their eyes where they're not going to understand as easy as they used to. In fact, He continued on and He said, but rather through their fall, salvation is coming to the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Do you realize that the Jews rejected Jesus? And the consequence there is God said, okay, I'm going to turn you over to a reprobate mind. And only a small portion of the Jews can be saved. He said, except for a very small remnant there in Romans chapter 11. He said, only a small portion of the Jews can get saved today. But because that they fell and they rejected Jesus, I'm going to turn them over to this reprobate mind where they'll be blind to the gospel. But what I will do to provoke them to jealousy, I will open it up unto the Gentiles. That's good news, because I'm a Gentile, and you're a Gentile. And though the fall is bad, and though the fall should not have been there, because they fell, praise God, He opened it up for the Gentiles. And now this is the day of grace in which we live, the day that the fountain is open unto all the Gentiles. Right now, that fountain that we talked about in Zechariah. It's closed to the Jews. It's not open. Only a very few small remnant of them can see and can receive the things of God. But to the Gentiles, the fountain is open unto us. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that the fountain of God is open unto me today. Now, I want you to understand what a fountain is. A fountain is not a reservoir. A fountain is not something that just has a little bit of water. A fountain is something that has a steady flow of water that will never run dry. 
Now, the Bible said in Zechariah 12 that there is coming a day at the second coming of Christ that He will restore the Jews spiritually. And in that day will He open this fountain back up to them. And only in that day will they receive it. And you notice what the Bible said there in Zechariah 12 and 10. It says, I will pour upon the house of David, upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and of supplication. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him. Now, the Bible said that they will see him for who he is, finally. For the very first time, the Jews will finally see him for who he is. Who is he? He's the Savior of the world. He's the Son of the living God. He is the Messiah. He is the first and the last, the Alpha and Omega. He is uh, the bright and morning star. I want you to know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And the Jews have rejected that fact, but there will be a day that they will see Him for Him that was pierced. They will see Him as the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. And when they finally see Him for, for the one that was sacrificed for them, that fountain will be opened up. That fountain will be opened up. Boy, what a great day that's going to be. But can I tell you today, there's a fountain today that is opened up to me and it is opened up to you. It may be closed off to the Jews, but praise be to the Lord that it's opened up to the Gentiles. And praise God, Cathead, that I'm a Gentile tonight. And that that fountain is open up unto me. Think about what the Jews are going through. Uh, they are facing all kinds of confusion. I'm going to tell you, it's the worst day that the Jews have ever received before this day that Jesus stepped foot on the Mount of Olives. And He comes in to save them. And they're going to need a Savior. And in that day, He's going to step in and He's going to open this fountain up to them. I want you to think about this fountain. Notice what's coming out of this fountain in verse 10. The Bible said, and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace is poured out upon them. There is grace from an almighty God that is being poured out upon them. They're going to be in a bad place, in a bad condition. And we say, we may say, well, I'll tell you what, the Jews de deserve to die. They deserve, they don't deserve God's grace. Well, you're right, but me and you, we don't deserve it either. And they don't deserve to be saved. And they don't deserve a second chance or a fourth chance or a tenth chance. Well, friend, the truth is, me and you don't deserve it either tonight. But the Bible says over in the book of uh, Ephesians, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is of the gift of God. I want you to understand tonight why we are allowed to be saved. It's not because of who you are or where you come from. It's because of the grace of an Almighty God. I want you to know the only reason that I'm going to heaven tonight is not because my last name is Llewellyn. It's because God is a God full of grace, full of mercy. And the Bible said there is a fountain that is opened up into the Gentiles today. And in that fountain is flowing out. I want you to know it's a constant flow today. That the grace of God is constantly flowing out of heaven upon us. And every day we're walking and talking and fellowshipping in the grace of an almighty God. You say, preacher, what's grace? That unmerited favor. That means God has given me something I don't deserve. Well, the Jews don't deserve to be saved in that day. You're right. But we don't deserve to be saved today. But because of that grace, we can be saved. The Bible says it is a gift of God. Huh. 
not of works. Amen? It's not about what we can do. It is a gift of God. Salvation is a gift tonight. Knowing God is a gift. Getting to go to heaven is a gift. It's all about grace. I don't deserve to go to heaven. I don't deserve to stand before God. I don't deserve all of these things today. But I have them today because of the grace of God. Every day I wake up and I live and I walk in the grace of God. I wake up in the morning and I breathe. You know why? Because of God's grace. God's grace. God's grace. John 1, 16, John the Baptist said, speaking of Jesus and of His fullness... Have we all received, now notice this, and grace for grace. The best way I've ever heard this is a preacher friend of mine said, think about the ocean, and there's waves coming. Wave after wave after wave after wave. Constant. One right after another. It never stops. Isn't that what the grace of God is like tonight? There's one thing that I can't find is a place on this earth that I can escape the grace of an almighty God. And as a child of God, He has opened up His fountain of grace upon me. And every trial that I go through and everything that I face, that I find and that I face, it's grace for grace for grace for grace. Guess what? We have God's grace tonight. His grace is sufficient tonight. And it's going to be sufficient an hour from now. And it's going to be sufficient in the morning. Because His grace is like that ocean in that wave that just keeps on coming. Huh. Isn't that awesome? Grace for grace for grace. Why? Because that fountain is opened up. He turned on the spigot. Huh. Amen. Now, y'all rednecks, y'all know what that means. He turned on the spigot. Grace is pouring out from heaven upon us. Just in abundance. And everywhere I look, I find a life of grace. Not because I deserve it, but because God is good to me. And He looked down upon me and He gave me something that I'm not worthy of. That's grace. That's grace. Notice this next one here. Oh, I like this. Notice verse 10. He said, The Spirit of grace and of supplication." He poured out upon them grace and He poured out upon them supplication. Can you imagine in this day all of the needs that the Jews are going to have? And He said at this time that He will step out. We know that He steps out uh, there on, Mount, on the Mount of Olives. And He steps in there to rescue them. And in this, He's going to open up the spout of supplication. That means He's going to take care of their every need. He's going to provide for them. He's going to open up a fountain of riches upon them. Do you remember what the Apostle Paul said? He said, My God shall supply all of your need. Do y'all believe God can supply all of our need? Have any of y'all experienced this? That God has provided all of your need according to the riches of the United States of America? (laughs) No. According to the riches of our checking account. No. According to the riches, the Bible says, in glory by Christ Jesus. Not according to the riches of our account or the according to the riches of this earth, but according to the riches of God. Let me tell you something. There is no end to the riches of God. 
And the Bible said the nation of Israel is going to be provided for from a treasury where there is no end. Guess what? That fountain is opened up to me as a Gentile who is saved by the grace of God. And every single day, the fountain of supplication is opened up unto me. And I want you to know that the things that I get every day is not based upon my riches, but it is based upon the riches of an almighty God. And I'm going to tell you, my God owns everything tonight. He's richer than Donald Trump. Hello? He's richer than all these billionaires and millionaires. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He's got mansions. He's got heaven. He's got the earth. He's got it all, friend. Hey, he owns it all. And my supplication and my provision is based upon his riches. Boy, that's awesome. If you can't say amen right there, something's wrong with you. Are y'all glad to be saved? Every time you need something, he just opens up the spout. Isn't it good to be saved? Got that spigot of supplication, just provision after provision after provision. God's been good. And in that day, He's going to open it up to the Jews, but Gentiles, He's got it open to us tonight. He's got it open wide open. Notice chapter 13, verse 1. Man, I get excited about this. I like this. And in that day, there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. Grace, supplication poured out, but also cleansing. Cleansing. Notice what is said here. In that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, for what? For sin and for uncleanness. For every sin that they've ever committed, and in all of that sin and all of that debt that they owe, The Bible said there will be a fountain open unto them that will come in and wipe and wash away all of their sins. What is that a fountain of? That's a fountain of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And according to the Bible, that that spigot will be open unto them so that all of their sins can be washed away. So no matter the depth of their sin, no matter how bad their sins are, no matter what it is, a fountain will be open for the sole purpose of cleaning up the spiritual condition of the nation of Israel so that they can get clean. Now, Wednesday night, we talked about getting clean in the precious blood of Jesus. And I'm going to get on it again because I like it. Because I'm going to tell you something. There's a fountain open to us tonight. And there's so many people say, well, my sin, you just don't know my sin. And you don't know where I come from. And you don't know what I used to be and what I used to do. Let me tell you something. There's a fountain that is opened up with the precious blood of Jesus. And that fountain can cover any and every sin that you've ever committed before in your life. And I want you to know that every day that I wake up, I continue to go back to that fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Oh, let me tell you something. It's all about the blood of Jesus. And the Bible said a fountain one day is going to be open that the Jews can just go and get all of their sins taken care of just like that. Brother Norman, that fountain's open to us today. Man, we're carrying around sins we don't have to carry around because there's a fountain. 
There's a spigot wide open with the precious blood of Jesus ready to wash us and clean us and and get us ready for that place called heaven. There's a fountain open. Are you willing to apply that to your life? I don't know about you, but I'm glad that the grace of God is there for me tonight. And I'm glad that supplication is there for me tonight. And I'm glad that the precious blood of Jesus is there for me. Say, preacher, you don't know my life. You don't know where I come from. I don't. But I know God is good, and I know God is bigger than any sin you've ever committed. And I know that His His blood is more powerful than anything you've ever done. And God's a forgiving God. Would you come before Him tonight, lay your sins down at that fountain, and let Him wash you white as snow? Let Him clean you up. Child of God, when's the last time you just sat there under that fountain just just enjoying the blessings? I'm glad now that I'm saved, I can enjoy being saved. Do y'all like hunting? Two amens. Come on, guys. Do y'all like hunting? Well, sure you do. Why? Because you can enjoy it. Well, you know what? It's okay to enjoy our salvation. It's all right to enjoy being saved. I enjoy being saved. You know why? Because there's a spigot. <laughs> Cathead, you like that word, don't you? There's a spigot open. That God's grace is just falling out. Mercy, grace, supplication, the blood of Jesus, it's there for our taking. It's there for our taking. Would you submit to it tonight? Let's stand very quiet, very reverent. I don't know what your need is this evening. Maybe you just want to go to the altar tonight and just thank the Lord for that fountain that He opened up for you. Maybe you just want to thank Him where you are tonight. Do that. Maybe you're here this evening you need to be saved. I want to invite you to come down. Let me show you how to be saved. Maybe you have a public decision to make tonight. Let's do that.